everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Victoria Becker. Hey, I'm really happy to be here. Victoria, I am glad to have you here. Have we met before? You serve at the porch. I'm like, I feel like our paths have crossed. I think so. We have, right? I think so. Okay. But maybe it's been a little bit? Yes. Okay. Well, it's good to see you again. For those who have never met you, would you share a little bit about how you came to know the Lord and then fast forward what's going on in your life today? Yeah, I would love to. So I grew up in Colorado, and I went to church every Sunday, and my parents taught me a lot about God. But I didn't really realize my need for God until I moved to Texas to go to college. Mm. That was the first time that I felt really lonely, and I felt like I couldn't keep my situations under control by myself. I needed some help. And so that was the first time I really realized that I had a need for God or for something outside of myself. And initially, I looked to the approval of others or to my accomplishments or my appearance to give me value and stability and worth. But all of those things fell short. And I met some girls who said they were Christians, which I thought I was a Christian, <laughs> but they had just so much peace and confidence that I didn't have and that I wanted. And so I started learning with from them about what it looks like to have a real active relationship with Jesus and ended up going to a church retreat where I surrendered my life to Christ and decided that He was the only source of satisfaction and contentment in life that I would find. And ever since then, um, my journey has not been perfect. I've had a lot of struggles with my mental health and just slipping back into old paths. But I am so confident that God is there to pull me out of my mess and is there to provide me with peace and hope when life feels hopeless. So absolutely. I after I graduated, I moved to Dallas and I've been a member at Watermark for two years, serving at the porch for that time and have just absolutely loved it. Which speaking of the porch, something big coming up. Yeah. Launch retreat. You don't want to miss it. If you are a young adult, ages 22 to 35, Labor Day weekend, we are heading out to Sky Ranch to spend the weekend together. It's going to be like summer camp, but for adults, there's going to be a surprise concert, parties, excellent teaching, co-ed small groups. It's going to be awesome. We'll put the link to sign up in the episode description. I'd imagine by the time this episode comes out, it's probably going to be closer to being full if not already. So I'd check that link quickly if you're interested or if you know a young adult who you think should come spend the Labor Day weekend with people who love Jesus, send that link their way. Um, but Victoria, for you've been in Dallas two years. Tell us a little bit about what you do for work. What is your day job? Yeah, so I get to work at a ministry called Right Now Media, and we make Bible study videos for churches just like Watermark. Um, churches will subscribe to our service, and then they'll have a big video library online that they can access with videos about different books of the Bible or videos for kids, videos about specific topics. And I work on the marketing team, and I love just getting to tell people about this resource to equip and um, disciple all sorts of people who are in all different places in their faith. Which is so fun. I even think we'll put the Watermark's online equipping resources in the episode description Mm -hmm. because I believe that right now media is listed under our church's online resources, which is so cool. So um, Victoria's hard work is 
demonstrated yeah. on the Watermark <laughs> website, you could say. So even if you don't live in Dallas, you could still check out what she's doing with Right Now Media. It's super cool. But all of that said, we are in 1 Samuel 10, and I'm going to let you just take it away. Yeah. So 1 Samuel 10 is the story of Saul becoming the first king of Israel. So before Saul, Samuel was in charge as a judge and as a prophet, but the people said, this isn't enough for us. We Mm -hmm. want a king. And so Samuel, he prayed about who that king should be, and he landed on Saul. And Saul finds this out um, in kind of an interesting journey. Saul's dad lost his donkeys, Mm. and so Saul went on a little search. Yep, the donkeys, they're gone. I I tried to contextualize this, and so I was imagining, like, okay, what if I lost my dog? Mm. And my dad told me, like, go out and look for the dog. Yeah. So imagine, um, you know, Saul is looking for his animals, and he's not having any luck. And so his friend says, hey, we should go talk to Samuel because Samuel's really wise. He might have some information. So that sets us up for chapter 10. Um, In this chapter, Saul and Samuel have a conversation, and Samuel basically tells Saul that there are a few things that are going to happen on your search for your donkeys Most importantly, in verse 6, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Tough one right there. What does that mean? Yeah, so this doesn't mean that Saul is actually going to turn into another man. His physical appearance isn't going to change. But this is referring to the heart change that happens when someone encounters the Mm. Spirit of God. So this actually happens in verse 10, and it says, When they came to Gibeah, a group of prophets met Saul, and the Spirit of God rushed upon him, so Saul prophesied with them. And it's clear that this is a really big change for Saul because in verse 11, people ask, What has come over him? Is Saul a prophet? And this to me is just a reminder of how big of a change it is when we encounter God. Um, Yes, in this chapter, Saul is anointed king, and that's a really big life change. But even more important is the fact that Saul had an encounter with the Lord that changed his heart and changed him into someone who looked completely new, maybe not on the outside, but his heart was Mm -hmm. new. His passions and desires and his focus were new. And I know this is true for me. Like I think about when I was 18 and I had my first encounter with God— My life wasn't perfect. My life didn't change, but my perspective changed. Mm. And I just realized, like, there was so much more to be found in God than anything the world could offer me. And so I think that's what it means when the Bible says Saul turned into a new man. It's speaking to just the power of that transformation that happens when you encounter God. One commentator says, uh, in reference to verse 10, God's Spirit also gave Saul the ability to prophesy. This was the outward evidence that God was with Saul. It apparently involved the Holy Spirit controlling these men and then manifesting his control by praising God. And it cross-references chapter 19 later on and 1 Chronicles 25. But I, I think that's the, the takeaway is there was tangible evidence that God was with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that changed. Like, it only comes when— You've had such a profound internal experience that you can't help but tell people about Mm -hmm. God. You can't help but praise God. And that just encourages me that it doesn't have to be by my own effort, that 
I live this perfect Christian life or tell people about God, but it really is found in the time that I spend with God, reading His Word, praying to Him, that motivates me and inspires me to, in a sense, speak God's truth and worship God. It's not by my own effort, but when I think of what Jesus did for me on the cross, like I have no choice but to respond. That's good. That's a good application. Are there any other final closing thoughts regarding application? I mean, how do you live differently because of what you read here? Yeah, this passage really reminds me that only God can change hearts. Mm. I can believe the lie that I'm in control. And if I'm telling someone about Jesus or if I'm praying for someone who I really want to know him, I can be tempted to believe that my actions are going to make that person come to know the Lord. When in reality, it wasn't Samuel, it wasn't the prophets, it wasn't even Saul. Like it was the Spirit of God that changed Saul's heart. Mm -hmm. And so that just frees me up. It's not something he did. Yeah, it's not something he did. And it helps me to take the pressure off myself and just live the life that God has called me to without putting unnecessary pressure on myself to save people. That's never been my job. That's Jesus's job. It'll be interesting as we keep reading, Victoria, uh, to just see what happens in Saul's life as he as his leadership kind of deteriorates. Because right now we're getting the beginning. God's with him. God's chosen him. The people are praising him. And that kind of sets the scene for um, Saul's I don't even know what you want to call it. I was going to say tragic transition, but just his decline as a leader. Mm -hmm. um, as we keep going, he hides among the equipment at the end of the story. And um, it's interesting what happens when we forget that God is with us, when we forget that God's spirit empowers us, when we forget that he has appointed good works for us to walk in. So thank you for thinking deeply about this chapter, Victoria. Uh, sign up for launch. Come say hey to Victoria at the porch on Tuesday nights if you're a young adult between 22 and 35. Thank you for being here. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.